First of all, I want to say this on the Real Deal with a Kill podcast. So I'm, I'm surrounded by a bunch of people right now that's HBCU alums, yeah. uh, but not at a SWAC school, more at a, what is it, C C I S A. What is it, CIAS? Oh, you trying to play games? No, I'm just asking. What is the real TSU? Tennessee State? No, oh, Texas, is that where you went? Texas Don't do Southern it. University. Yeah, you might want to say it. You know, so we, it's two of us uh, Texas Southern people. Well, it's three of three. the Clark Atlanta D. Clark Atlanta yeah. University. That's, uh, Come on with it. That's fine, then. Okay. But uh, I just wanted uh-huh. to throw it out there. Yeah, throw it out. Shout yeah. out to and all I my... I caught it and I threw it back. So I don't give you a compliment just now. I'm about to say <laughs> shout out to all the HBCU grads, undergrads. Yes. Soon to be HBCU students, but right now on this Real Deal with the Kill podcast, I have on um, keynote speaker, public speaker, philanthropist, owner of a Harlem Hops bar yes. in Harlem, New York. Yes, Miss Stacy Lee, and you was also on Fear Factor. Yes, I read I was. Fear Factor. I was on Fear Factor. How was... did that happen? Well, you know. I won, uh, I was Miss Michigan USA 2004. What part of Michigan? The whole state. So you're from Michigan. It don't matter what, it don't matter where I'm from. I was the whole state, not Detroit, not Sagnassi, not Grand Rapids. I was only asking because I was just in Detroit. That's the only reason why I was like, (laughs) I was just in Detroit. So was you from Detroit? Have you been back lately? Because, hey, I heard a lot of good things from no, a lot of bad things about Detroit at no, first, but I Detroit got Detroit is doing like, good. Sorry. Detroit is doing good. Detroit is coming back. Detroit is building up. But um, I got on Fear Factor because I was Miss Michigan USA, and okay. I auditioned to be on Fear Factor. So out of 40 people who auditioned, I was one of the ones that was chosen. No, I didn't win. How do you audition for a show that you know you're going to, like, swim in? I mean, you know, you had to – we had to – first of all, we had to send in a video. Uh-huh. Showing us, showing our personality. Then we were chosen, but alternates were chosen also. Mm-hmm. So we had to go out there. We had to do a fitness test. Okay. We had to show how long we could hold our breath. Like we had to do all this fitness stuff in order to be picked. So out right. of the alternates and everyone, I was one of the chosen. Of course, really? I was the only black one. I mean, what other black person you really know trying to I feel like that's like do a goal, fear factor, like, trying to jump off of cliffs? And it's an objective for they had to have at least one black. <laughs> so it's I was the first, chosen. On the first episode, two of the seasons, right. all that black. So yeah. I was the chosen one. Okay. But, um, yeah, I lost to Miss Alabama. You know, really? I was first runner-up. But I still raised money, you know, for the uh, for breast and ovarian cancer. Okay. Um, Susan G. Coleman, Race for the Cure, is what I raised money for. Even though I was first runner-up, I still accomplished what I wanted to, but it was amazing. It was awesome. I would do it all over again. Hanging from helicopters, doing all that stuff was my thing. So did she eat more bugs than you? That's how she beat you? Or? No, she hung on a helicopter. We were on a helicopter over a lake, and she hung on longer than me. I think it was the thickness of me. You know, I was a little thicker. You know what I'm saying? So I think it was the thickness <laughs> that kind of that weighed me down a little bit. You know, she was lightweight, real light and fluffy. Petite. Petite, you know what I'm uh, saying? Uh, so I was strong, gotta, you know. And so, I, yeah, I, yeah, I lost. You got to have a little meat on the bones. You know, you got to have some that, meat on these that bones didn't happen. now, okay? In 2018. I think I remember I did see you on Fair Factor episode. Oh, did you? I was cheering for you. Were you? I was like, come on. You probably were like, that's ah. the only black girl on there. Let me cheer for her. I was like 11 at the time, you know, 04. Oh, I was cheering. I was cheering. It I was like, I was cheering. I was like, come on. Come on. That's all right. Do that, it for the that, culture. That's fine. But that's fine. You're going to hope you look like this at the age I'm at. 
I, at the age I'm, I, yeah. I'm 25 now, so. Yeah, you got some time. 35. We're going to see what you're doing. And you was in a pageant, I see, too, yes. as well. So you won, of course, Miss Michigan. Mm-hmm. I was actually a bodybuilder at one point. But I lost all the weight now. Oh, right. This is like around 2015, I was bodybuilding. Yeah, I used to have a little something. I used to okay. Had a little something on me. Okay. Yeah, I, was, I would love for I was, you to pull up a photo. No, nah, all my photos gone. I took to them see. all off. I took them all off. That I body, that body build. Hey, look, 2015 at 21 years old, 22 hours. <laughs> I was I was bench pressing 500 easily. Easy. Easy money. I'm going to give you that. They put all that oil on me. I put all that oil on me. It was everything shine by. I didn't want to Yeah, but I didn't want to keep that same weight forever. Okay. I want to tone. I want to bring it back I down. And was like, man, I ain't want to. Was giving the people too much. Too much, too much. <laughs> and they was, I was like, you know, I don't give everybody too much of me. So you know, I, I, I ain't want to feel like a cheat code. Okay. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna just stop bodybuilding. Cause they, I was more, I was more than Mister Texas and the man of America. I was more than that. I was basically the man of earth i didn't want to the whole the whole planet earth, earth. He yeah was beating out everybody so i was like you know what and everybody that yeah. was extra fine come on man easy easy money but plus i was bigger than them too but, at the time. but here we are here in in the room with where microphones hey you got that's how you that's how i started all bodybuilding okay in the heat this is <laughs> you can't work in the cold like and here we are no fans. Ceilings coming down. Ceiling coming down. Yep. When you see the, when you see the carpet on the in, on the in side. In the hot quarters. Yep. But this was Mr. World, 2015. Earth. I'm sorry. Earth. Earth. Mr. Earth. Planet Earth. But I wanted to move to. Uh, I was gonna move to Neptune's because I heard the women was better on Neptune's than Earth. So I was like, I'm gonna just stay. I was like, ah. <laughs> I was too much for them too as well. So I, let me let me let me stop. Let me stop. Let me let me <laughs> stop. Let me stop. <laughs> I just stopped doing that. But let's talk about this bar in Harlem. Okay. I haven't been in New York. Never? Never been. Okay. But I read the article, and it's the first, like, 100% owned. Black-owned. Black-owned bar. Yes, it is. It is the first 100% black-owned craft beer bar. So, um, you know, craft beer is different than, you know, the beer you might get in terms of, like, Bud Light, Heineken. Mm-hmm. You know, craft beer is all natural beer. It has a, you know, shelf life of sometimes three to three months, um, really, honestly, because everything is all natural. It's mm-hmm. actually a healthier option when it comes to beer yeah. because every, there's no additives. Everything is natural. And we actually have brewers of color that are in our craft beer bars. So that was important to us being 100% black owned um, and the first to make sure that we recognize brewers of color in our craft beer bar. So how did the plan come along to make a, a bar? Like, y'all just sat down one day and thought so, about it? So, nah, my business partner is born and raised in Harlem. Okay. Uh, she went to Clark Atlanta University, um, met Kim. She had this idea, born and raised in Harlem. Um, you know, she loves craft beer. And in order to get craft beer, she would have to travel near and far. She'd have to go to the Bronx. She'd have to go downtown or to Brooklyn. And she's like, why isn't there craft beer right here in my hometown where I was born and raised, where black people are? Why aren't we educating black people about drinking differently? You know, really craft beer is something of a majority. Mostly white people are engaged and are in craft beer. It's Mm -hmm. hard to distribute craft beer. So it was really something that she wanted to bring to our people, to educate our people. So it's not just 
a craft beer bar. Like, mm-hmm. it's like family. Like, we see the same people coming in there trying to learn about beer. It's almost like Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, like, right. we'll talk. And we not only talk about craft beer, we don't carry the same liquor that everyone carries. We, cra- we carry crafted liquors. They're mm-hmm. small batches, healthier options. We wanted to bring that to our community, not just your, your you know, your normal stuff. So you're saying there's like there's healthy beers too as well? Yeah. So yeah. I did hear that theory yeah. like there's no, there is. beer craft, is more healthy than like soda. Yeah, so craft like I said, craft beer, because of the shelf life, it's all natural. Mm-hmm. Whereas your Budweisers, your Heineken's, you know, certain beers that like commercial beers can, basically. Yeah, yeah, commercial beers that have a shelf life of like a long period of time where these craft beers have natural flavors. So, like, my favorite beer is a grapefruit beer. So, it's okay. all natural grapefruit. Okay. Um, our ciders are made with real apples. Um, so, everything is natural and not additional additives. So, that's why there's a shelf life to it. Do I still get a beer belly? You know, shit. Too much of anything is just a beer belly. I just want to know because I, I just started getting into it. Too much of anything is not right. Yeah. I don't care what it is. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. Come and have your craft beer and do mm-hmm. your little exercise, you know, mm-hmm. since you were Mr. Earth. Mr. Earth. Uh, Mr. Earth. Thank you. Uh, you, know. you know what I mean? So since you were that, you can you can exercise okay. that off. Yeah, it's nothing to me. I can still drink the beer and, and not wouldn't give a shit about the damn my belly. I'll be all right. But I was cause I, I did hear this theory that beer was more healthy. I drink St. Arnold's, mm-hmm. uh, Angry Orchard. Angry Orchard. It's a cider, you know. But see, pretty, I know what a cider is, pretty, but the thing good. with, you know, with the Angry Orchard, if you look on the back of it, it does have a lot of additives and sugars that are added to it, whereas our cider beer, it doesn't have those additives. It's Damn. natural, and it's apple, and, you know, and also the great thing about our craft beer bars. What is that? All of us are HBCU grads. All that three makes, of the owners. That makes sense. We represent Clark Atlanta University and Hampton. And University. and we represent Howard because and our brother's wife went to Howard. And and what? There's another school. No, it's not. Not. It's two Clark Atlanta University graduates. There ain't no and. You want to throw one more school? In there? I sure do not. Okay. Because they didn't pay that coin to get thrown in there. Well, I might throw a little bit of my coins and throw it in there and be like, "Hey, Texas University, <laughs> I'm putting my, my side right there." <laughs> and no. Really, I can't do that. No. So would you open? Would you? How, so it's been open since June. It's been open since June. Ooh, the eighth, June eighth. How's business been going so far? Business has been good. Booming. Business has been the bomb. Okay. Our our HBCU folks have come out and supported us. Our AUC folks have supported us. Um, like honestly, the community has supported us. I mean, I, you know, I thought it was gonna be good, but like. God has really just blown my mind on mm-hmm. it. Like the way that we've had this support has just been amazing. I mm-hmm. could have never dreamt for it to be as good as it's going. Mm-hmm. You know. So you from Michigan? Went to school at Clark Clark Atlanta. But so let me tell you, I'm originally from Jackson, Mississippi. Jackson, Mississippi. Yes. Okay. I was born in Toledo, Ohio. Okay. But Jackson, Mississippi, and Saginaw, Michigan, kind of that's what raised me. I was going to ask you, like, how did you get to Harlem with the, with the business well, people? Well, because, you know, when someone brings you a great idea, you jump on it. And that's where you're currently living right now, in Harlem? No, I like currently you, live in Houston. In Atlanta, Atlanta. Georgia. I'm 0 for 5 with Liberty City. Yes, cities. you are. 
I live all over. You know, I have businesses all over. You so, all over the place. Okay, you all know, right. Yeah, I make you, it do what it do. I'm all over. Yeah, I, I was about to ask about like the the living in like Harlem, like being around that environment as opposed to like a Houston, Atlanta. Like, well, I mean, because I opened a business there. I mean, the Harlem environment is beautiful. It's you know the people are great. You know, of course, you have regentrification going on, which is going on in a lot of our cities. Mm -hmm. Um, but the people that are from Harlem, they love to see black businesses. So a lot of them come and say, we're just glad that a black business opened in Harlem because there are a number of businesses that are opening that are Caucasian businesses or other. So it's good to have a black owned business open in Harlem. Mm -hmm. I've never been to New York before. I want to go to New York one day. You should. I've never been before. Well, you need to come. Well, I, I I thought about it a couple of times, but I was kind of like, ah. I would move to New York if I had, like, business, like you said. But I think vacation for me in New York would be like, ugh, it'd be tough. A lot of people. It was like 40 million small cities. It's a New lot York of city. people, but the, the vibe is good. The environment is good. And for me, just being in Harlem and being around my people, it just motivates me and inspires me. Way faster. Yeah. It's it's just a totally different energy. But, you know, you got to go where you're energized. That's true. You That's know, so if you've never been, you know, you don't know what you might come out with, what ideas you might come out with. Who knows? Yeah, because I, you know, it's in, the, it's in the back of my mind. Well, it's it in should the be the front, mind. so you can come visit Harlem Hops. We can teach you something you. about some beer. Got you. And some liquor. I just started getting the beer, actually. So I, I haven't been drinking beer that long. It's been, like, at least two, like, a year and a half. I haven't. So you like was you was so you just became a beer like beer fan since you got into it. Before that, you wasn't drinking. No, I I learned about beer from my partners. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I helped open a restaurant in Atlanta from scratch, Um, and then when I helped them open that restaurant, I helped manage it. That's when I said, okay, I can do this on my own. Mm -hmm. Like I've helped someone make a uh, successful business, so why not do this on my own? So. When the opportunity presented itself, I was like, okay, this is it. This is that opportunity that I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's just turned out it's turned out perfect. So I started drinking beer when, probably a good two years ago, when we started pulling the concept together and started really working together. And then I said, I'm the one that's the non-beer drinker, so we need to bring something in that I would like. Mm-hmm. So I was the guinea pig for them. Like, okay, well... You know what, a non-beer drinker, because we do get a lot of people that don't drink beer. They say, yeah. okay, I don't drink beer. What do you think I would like? Right. And so I'm that person. I'm like that person that comes into the bar every day. So we were we were able to kind of, you know, um, curate the menu according to those people that love beer and that are true craft beer drinkers and to those people that are just trying beer for the first time. So do y'all just serve like just alcohol or y'all serve like food as well on the yeah, side? Yeah, we have light bites that go with beer. So uh-huh. we have like sausages with um, pretzels. We have a huge pretzel that's really good. Uh-huh. So we have like salty, spicy foods that yeah. go very well with beer. And we have um, pies. We have a lobster pie, which are like empanadas, lobster, chicken, beef. We have vegan sausage. So mm-hmm. we have something for everyone. Because they, I, I, I did see it on some, like when I go to some restaurants, they'll say like this burger or or chicken is good with this beer yeah. or that beer. Is that yes. really like... That's true. I mean, just kind of like a wine list also. There are certain wines that go with seafood. There are certain wines that go with uh, beef, 
you know, so really? it's the same thing with beer. There's certain beers that are great with certain types of food. Mm. So the food that we have, pretty much, I mean, any beer that you have with something that's spicy is is, is pretty refreshing. So, like, we'll be like, how much beer, how much y'all beer is down there in Harlem as opposed to Houston? Because you get a six-pack out here of, like, Angry Orchard or something, it's like 8 $9 dollars. See, That's supposed to New York. Yeah, I don't know about a store bought beer. Oh, okay. I'm kind of snooty now, like craft beer. Yeah. So I'm not sure about. Going so y'all, into it wouldn't. Store. So like for the future of the business, it wouldn't like if y'all make your own flavor. Would y'all put like in the store or something for people to like? Yeah, distribution. Buy, when it comes to craft beer, distribution is very hard. Dis- you know, entry of the craft beer world is. Yeah, I still knew y'all like two months in. Right yeah, now. we we're only like yeah nine weeks in. So, mm-hmm. but that's on the list goals. To be able to brew our own beer, you know, open up other um, Harlem hops mm-hmm. in other places, uh, bring that experience to yeah. our people. You know, wherever we open, it won't be like in, you know, mainstream areas. It'll be in areas that are being regentrified, where regentrification is taking place. Because mm-hmm. again, we want to, we want to um, make sure. <laughs> he loving you missed that work. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, take that water. He makes. I was, I was going to tell you to drink you that know water. What? I was going to tell you to drink I'm that water. I'm not even fooling with him right now. But we want to go to places where our people are, basically, mm-hmm. and and bring Harlem Hops there. With, okay, cut. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was, was going to tell you to uh, drink that water. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ooh, You sheesh. know what? It's all good. Come on, Clark Atlanta. What y'all doing? Oh, don't do it. What y'all do doing, Clark do it. Atlanta? You didn't hear me mess up. Did I mess up Monday? I don't think so. Because what school I went to? Texas Southern University. You know what? You only... Listen, that one wasn't sitting over there in that corner. I called it too. It's hot in here. Appreciate it. Hey, hey, hey. He was laughing. Hey, don't you want to blame the heat? Mm-hmm. You going to blame the heat? Well, I didn't study yet. Well, I don't know. Because you talked about that damn Mr. Earth for 20 minutes. Oh. That's why you ain't studied yet. If I'm going to talk about something really 20... Been- you ain't really been talking about much, so that's oh, probably why. Oh, she on me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me not be on you because this is going on uh, some exactly. kind of live stream or yeah, something. Yeah, my people going, my people going to come for you. Oh no, please don't. They gonna it's come all They're going to find you. They said Harlem House, right? They going to Google GPS it and oh. tell them to come. Please find me and come. How was the grand opening? Oh, we had a line down the street. Latoria was at the grand opening. Why well, wasn't invited? Latoria. You ain't know me like. So, she was there. The grand opening was off the chain. There was a line down the street. It was, it was great. I mean, it really was. It was good. So do y'all do like happy hour and stuff like that, or like set price? You come in. Set prices. Um, our our you know the prices are already happy. Mm -hmm. You know we're not hitting people over the head with our menu pricing and our beer pricing and our wine pricing. Like the prices are good, and then we just open. So you know you gotta. Get into you know you got to see who your you know consumers are. You got to look at the numbers. You can't just throw out a happy hour. Yeah, not so soon. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You don't get you don't get to play with all that until the money start coming in. Listen, and then later on, you could do like this was an investment. This when we say one hundred percent black owned, that's what we mean. No bank gave us a dollar. We all literally pulled from. Savings from working, from you know the sales of you know property and things like that. So mm-hmm. that's what we mean when we say 100% black owned. No bank gave us anything. I need to come to Harlem. Yes, you do. Next time you go, you're gonna be going right. 
Okay. Just want to make sure. I haven't been to New York, so yeah. that's why. So you play ball, right, Clark Atlanta? Yes, I do. Was, was basketball your first love? Basketball was my first love for a long time. I was on a full scholarship mm. playing basketball at Clark Atlanta University. What was this you played? I played the three. Small forward. Small forward. Yes, indeed. How many points, how many points a game in high school? Oh, shoot. I don't even in, Wait, in high school? Yeah, it, that led up to the, <clears> the, <throat> the scholarship. Watch some live, some some thirty four game. No, no, it wasn't like that. It was more like in the teens, like okay. sixteen, eighteen a game. Okay, you know, like five rebounds. Hmm. Um, you know, hey. you know, not probably have one assist. You know what I mean? I'm. Oh, he's a ball hogger. <laughs> okay, oh, we got a ball hogger right not here. Not many assists. You know what I'm saying? Not but, many assists. But Pass know, me the ball and watch what listen, I do with it. It was enough to ball and to get. Scholarships, not only from Clark Atlanta, but also. What other schools? What other offers you had? I had some um, offers from like a couple of smaller schools, like even smaller than Clark Atlanta. So you talking about like what Division three? Yeah, hogging that ball, man. Yeah. You probably had like five, six assists with eighteen points. They're like, okay, now we right, 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 right. But since you wanted to, I wasn't hogging the ball. That's just how that's just how I laid out. But I also had some softball scholarships too. I played uh, softball as well. So, what was uh, what was more of a love for you, basketball or softball? Basketball. Basketball was the love. You couldn't and do then, two way at uh, Clark Atlanta. Well, during the time that I went to Clark Atlanta, there was no softball team. We actually tried to help create a softball team mm-hmm. when I attended. There wasn't one. So, when you got to Clark Atlanta, how much you was averaging a the game there? Oh, oh, probably like four points. Oh, like, God, Lee, what, how, what not, happened? I mean, I was a freshman. There were, you know, I was like the sixth, seventh man off the bench. Okay. Yeah, I didn't start. Well, when sophomore I, year. When I, um, uh, sophomore year, that's when I got a full academic scholarship. And I said, I'm going to do my academics. I got a degree so in you found the you found the way to get out like, man, this game too yeah. much for me. They way better was, than me. Let me get this academic scholarship. No, 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 no. <laughs> I wanted to get two degrees. That's good. I had that's to good, make though. a choice. No, that's, that's I could not like being on that road and doing math and engineering in real life. Like mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was rough. And so you had a plan B automatically. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I knew I was gonna. I mean, that's why I went to school. Like, right. You know, forget playing sports. Mm-hmm. My parents made it very clear at an early age. Like, yeah, you have this basketball scholarship, but you're going to get your education, right. and that was always at the forefront for me. So doing mathematics and industrial engineering and playing basketball, it was it was a lot. Like yeah. trying to have tutors on the road, and I just made the decision that I would concentrate on my ap- academics. I had a funky good time now. Right. I mean, I did some things at Clark Atlanta. Clark Atlanta, I probably owed them a check. They don't owe me nothing. They don't that's you nothing. how good they were to me. Really? Yeah, they were good to me. I, uh, well, I used to play. Well, that's, basketball was the first love for me too. But obviously, grade, GPA, you know, BS and around in high school. So you played at TSU? No, I was I was class eleven in high school, but I was playing high school ball. But then grades was like a was my kryptonite. It was like damn, I cannot get past December. Like I is always that, played is non. Is that what it was? Or they just didn't offer you? No, 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 real. No, I played. Play. No, I, they didn't offer you. No, no this is a real true story. Like this Are you is trying to come from me. This is my testimony. How many points did you have? So you didn't this, even get an offer letter to play right. basketball, but you okay. asking me how many points okay. I had. Let's keep you going, weren't keep even available to make a point because you weren't on the You want to keep going? You want to keep going? We can keep going. <laughs> we can keep going. I'm trying to spill out a testimony to my people oh, that's I'm listening. Sorry. Go on and do that testimony. And you want to interrupt me? Okay. 
Mm-hmm. You know what? Let me see this. No, I need to blow myself right now. Let me let me let me do this. Pause. <laughs> Watch out. See, I, I ain't got time for this, man. Y'all trying to don't don't give me that look. Okay, okay but no, my testimony was this. I played high school ball. Uh-huh. My grades was what kept me down. Okay. In December. Mm-hmm. Every time midterms come like, God Lee, I keep falling falling off the team. So I fell off the team, didn't graduate high school, I walked. I didn't walk. Got a diploma like in October. Okay. Uh had a low GPA, one four. Out of 217 people, I was 212. I was 212. Yep, goddamn is the word. You know what? That, that is a testimony because here you are now. Goddamn, yep, motherfuckers right, right. now. Yeah. Goddamn, yep. Yeah. Yeah. 27 yeah. about to graduate in May, about to have, yep, make, doing this podcast. Yep, damn right. I was saying goddamn too. I was like, fuck. The one four? So that sports fell. Sports oh. fell miserably. Yeah. I had to go to ACC, and here I am. About to graduate. Well, that's all right. You're about to graduate. That's what's most important. I was below people. They didn't even even go to class. I was going to class and still, I was skipping school too. I didn't apply myself. That was me. Yeah. So, yeah, I I, I used to be ashamed of my GPA. I'd be like, man, I ain't, look, I got got a 2 0. Well, I got a 2 0, nigga. I got a 2 0. That's a lot, boy. That 2 0 was a a jump to what you had. That's fine that, with me. Listen. Hey, that's too old. look, hey. here you are now telling the, the yep. story, telling the truth. Yep. Fuck walking everybody. Walking in your truth. Damn right. Fuck and I'm everybody. walking in my two points that I made. <laughs> <laughs> freshman, it's all right. Freshman hey. year. My, my, two point, my two points average. You had more than year. me in college. You know. Hey, I, don't count, I don't count HCC ball, man. That's, that's, that's trash. What? HCC basketball. I was at HCC. Mm. That's horrible. Like, that, that don't, can we play like Blink College and like Lee? Like club I mean, team. you still got a crown, man. I mean, you still play. I, mean, I still play. I, gave, I did give 11, 12 a game. I mean, more than you, but I mean, it wasn't playing no more. More than was, me, but you weren't even at a division. Exactly. I wasn't school, nowhere. So, really, I was more than me is nothing. Community junior ball. Like, there's no comparison. It ain't. Yeah, so ain't. let's not do that. Okay? Let's go on to the next question. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right, though. I'm not tripping. I'm not tripping. No. Do, do you still follow Clark Atlanta right now? You know what? I do every blue moon. I know it's mm-hmm. it's it's some things going on at, at my yeah. alma mater. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. You got got the uh, some allegations going on right now. With the I coach. know, but they got interim coach now. It's, right. That was like in last season, but cause it was it was crazy because it was for like toxic environment. Mm-hmm. Was there any like back when you was playing? Was there any like bad situations going? Cause I, it's like people now, it's like players nowadays, like this this generation now is like players are like more sensitive, mm-hmm. you know, got more of con- I'm not gonna say control, but they have more of an opinion. Like they don't, they like to, they get babied a lot, especially like men's basketball, mm. you know. So was that was any of that going on back when you was playing? And like Clark Land, like players are sensitive and things of that nature. Well, I mean, you know, I think sensitive is all relative. What what does one deem as being sensitive? You know, if someone mm-hmm. feels some type of way in an environment, then you know how they feel is valid, right. and it's it, it's a point that must be listened to by whoever is you know the athletic director, the coach, whoever's leading, you know, the team. But you know, for me. You know, Coach Brown was awesome. There, I mean, our environment was a positive environment. She worked our behind off. I've never worked so hard in my life. But our environment was positive. She was an awesome role model, an awesome coach. So, mm-hmm. you know, 
in terms of what these women are going through now, you know, I'm not sure because I'm not in the situation. Right. Um, I can't say if they should or should not feel a certain way mm-hmm. with, you know, I, I'm not sure of all the allegations. I've heard of some of the allegations. Again, right. they're allegations. But clearly something happened for, you know, the coach to take a leave of absence or to, to resign. There was, there was something happened that, you know, she did not agree with. Yeah, it's like gender equality issues, toxic environment, stuff of that. Mm-hmm. Psychological right. and physical intimidation. Mm-hmm. You know, with the program. But And just... I think as a woman, she has every right to voice how she feels. And mm-hmm. people should listen to it. People should hear it. Um, it's her opinion. And people have the right to their feelings, their emotions, and their opinions. And I think the, the key is... With how we feel, how do we, um, you know, how do we address it? Mm-hmm. And I think she addressed it according to what was best for her. How big you think the Title IX plays like an impact in like in college sports right now, particularly like football and basketball, with like all the allegations going on with like the coaches, like Urban Meyer for Ohio State. Mm-hmm. He might be fired because he knew that his assistant coach was like abusing his wife. And he had the thing with Baylor going on. That was going on with the last couple, two, three years. So how big you think Title IX plays like a, have a, have a big, how big is their role of Title IX in college sports, you think? How big is whose role? Like the Title IX, like how much of an impact that has. Like on coaches, like with their career. Because it's like it's a total, like, like Joe Paterno, for example. I don't want to say that was Title IX, but his coaching, his college football coach career was like, Tainted, yeah, because of some allegations that happened. So we forget. We used to say the greatest coach, right. but then once the allegations come out, oh, he's like unheard of now. He's like unknown. But I, I feel like it was more than just allegations. It was also admittance that he knew what was going on. There's a mm-hmm. difference between allegations and you knowing that these things are happening to our young people. Right. You know, and you knowing and and turning your head to it, that's a problem. That's an issue. It's one thing to have allegations, but it's another thing for someone to confirm that they knew about these allegations and they turned their head and did nothing. Yeah. Like, that's, I, I don't care what it is. Like, it's it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And that guilt weighed on him. Yeah. I mean, everybody talks about that guilt. So, yeah, you are no longer the greatest coach because you knew some things were going on with young people who could not defend themselves, right. who did not have a say, who did not have a voice. So, mm-hmm. no, you are no longer the greatest coach that right. ever lived because you turned your head. Right. Yeah. I, I don't have tolerance for that. That's bullshit. Yeah. Oh, she cursed. Hey, thank you. Hey. Yeah, when it comes to, to kids and young people. No, that's true, though. That's yeah, true. That's, uh, there's, there's no tolerance. That's true. None. Because you're starting to see a lot of, like, big coaches now, you know, with, like, Urban Meyer, Ohio State. One of the best, probably the second best in this generation with football. Now he could be gone because he knew that his assistant coach was abusing his wife. You know, then you had the coach from Baylor for football. He's not even in college no more. He's coaching. So they're saying because he knew that his assistant coach was abusing his wife. Mm-hmm. That they take, they, he, it's like a leave of absence now. Mm-hmm. And Ohio State is trying to decide will they bring him back or will they fire him. Because if they bring him back, they're going to look at the coach from Baylor. I can't remember his name right now. But the head coach from Baylor in football, he's gone now. He's not even coaching because of the same situation almost. But 
that situation was, was happening with feet, women college athletes at Baylor, like volleyball players, softball, soccer. Yeah. And they was, like, sexually a, a, assaulted or mm-hmm. abused and everything. So they're going to look at it like, hold on, why is he – why was the coach from Baylor gone? But right. But Urban Meyer still there. Right. You know? Yeah. No, I get it. So it's just a lot I just things. didn't – yeah, I didn't hear that one. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, it's, it's still going on right now. But back to back to basketball. Did you ever think about like? Did you ever want to play in w, WNBA? No, you know when I started WNBA, I feel like it was mostly you know everything was mostly overseas. It's like it was Yeah, right. So okay, yeah, yeah. True. When I played, like I said, I said what I said. I know what year that was. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just looking at what year you graduated. That's all. Okay, it's all right. That's all right. So, what, what year you graduated? It doesn't matter. But so, um, <laughs> no, I did not. But, you know, even if there was a WNBA in the U.S., I that wasn't my goals and aspirations mm-hmm. to play, you know, basketball overseas or even in the U.S. Do you, you know, watch it? I don't. Do I watch it right now? No. Like basketball, period. Like NBA? You know, no. I like college basketball. Let me tell you why. Because I feel like there is a different type of hunger in college players compared to the NBA players. In men basketball? Yeah. I feel like in college, they're playing to get to that next level. It's like, I'm hungry. This is what I want. I'm playing to get to the next level. As far as, you know, some NBA games are just kind of real lackluster to me. And so... It doesn't excite me, so I I don't you know I, if it's on I watch it, but I'm not like ooh you know my favorite team is. So you have no favorite player either. You know I do enjoy LeBron James. Thank you. I always. I'll be back on good. We we uh, we we. I always have. I graduated high school in Cleveland, so that's a part of my being a Cleveland fan. But um, go. You know when he left, I was a little bit salty. Nah, I can't be. Then when the he came time? back, no, the first time. The whole hoopla with the PR stunt and oh, the first time. Oh. that first time was a little too Come much. On, for me. You gotta understand what happened. You gotta understand what was going on at that time. It was a PR move, man. It yeah, was, but it was a it was a bad PR. Could, she could, she could no, but it was a bad PR PR move. move. No, just because it's kids. just because it's PR doesn't make it good. Right, it's LeBron James. The whole world wants to know his decision. But no, I, I enjoy LeBron. Yeah, you, I enjoy him. I didn't, I didn't want him to tweet he was going to Miami. I want him to say it on TV. Break their Well, heart. clearly he did. He had a whole show. Yep. I watched. Well, I was at AU practice. Folks was burning his jerseys and everything else. And the same people that burned his jerseys picked it up four years later when he, he sure came did. back. Was mad they burned it. Well, people, boy. <laughs> but, I, but you respect it now, though, right? He loved the second time. You know, he loved, he's happy. He's in I LA. mean, yeah, it's just like, you know, people are mad. And I'm like, if you got a promotion or another job somewhere else, you're going to take your butt and go get that coin. And you're going to get yeah. promoted and work somewhere else. It's all the same. This is also a job for him. Yeah, I can't lie. I was kind of, I'm not going to say I was upset, but I was like, dang, he did leave. I, had a, I got a Cleveland jersey, too. Well, so. you can still wear it. I'm still, no, heck yeah. yeah. You bought I'm, that I'm jersey. I'm, you're I'm, not going to burn it. Heck no, I ain't that type of, I don't, it's not that serious to me. I paid good money for a jersey to wear. I ain't want to burn it at the end. Of, the end of result is burning it. I didn't want to do that. And plus, I mean, you know, LeBron got a whole new school. I mean, he that school looks amazing. Yeah. Like, he's doing things for our community. He's our generation Ali. Those are, those are our people. That's what I say. New generation Muhammad Ali. 
That's what I say. People be getting mad at me when I say it, but it's the truth. I wasn't alive when I leave. When I leave was in his prime. No. You know. I, no. Speaking against Trump. And oh yeah, he would. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. I feel like some NFL players want to, but you know, we know how the NFL go. With all the uh, hoopla and all the. You know, the, I don't even really know what to say about the NFL. Um, Do you watch football? You know, I watch it every. You know, like I said, if it's on, I watch it. I'll go to a game. It's mm-hmm. just. Um, you know, the whole national anthem and standing and kneeling yeah. and what you can and cannot do. But these, which, you know, the NFL consists of mostly African-American men. These black men go out there with their bodies and give they it to the lie. field and entertain us. But they're good enough to entertain us and, you know, go out here and play football. But they don't have the mindset where they can make a decision to whether kneel or stand. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, it baffles me. I knew the NFL was kind of questionable when they not getting guaranteed contracts. You I mean, know, that's they, been going on a long, long time. time. Baseball. Yep. Predominantly white. Yep. Foreigners. Yep. They get 10 years, $300 million, everything guaranteed. They can sit all games whenever. They can move to wherever team they want to. You can go to the Yankees and not get criticized. Right. But LeBron goes to the Heat. He gets a super team. He is, he is called a villain. Right. But Jacarlo Stanton, he probably don't watch baseball like that. No. Jacarlo Stanton goes to, with Aaron Judge to the Yankees, and, he's, and that's 250 home run hitters on the same team. Mm-hmm. That's like putting, you like Curry and Durant on the same team. Like, man, what the, you know what I'm saying? But it's then, okay. Yeah, it's okay. In the field, you get holdout contracts because they're not getting paid, like running backs, Le'Veon Bell. So it's like, God, now y'all get told that you can't kneel or you're going to get fined. I mean, you. Kaepernick got the lead for no reason. He was trying to use his First Amendment, he out the lead. And hasn't been asked back since. And there's been people in, in a lead that have been raping women and. and Abusing their manslaughters. wives. Manslaughters. Abusing wives, girlfriends, all kind of things. And then they, I knew the NFL was messed up when I seen a scouting combine card and it was like. This man is, has long arms, strong limbs. I'm like, strong limbs? What they got to do with football? Can he tackle? Can he throw the ball? Strong limbs? I was like, that's kind of questionable. Like, I was reading the whole card. It was like strong limbs, big wide. Sound like a slave auction. Yeah, it, basically. Yeah. And the crazy thing was the players from the SWAC. He was a linebacker from the SWAC. Went to Alabama State. Now, like, that, was his, that was like his scouting card, like strong limbs. I'm like, bro, like. Can he tackle? You know, but it's just, it's just so it's, it's messed up. But I was going to ask you this. Like, what is your advice to some future, like, business owners? That's like, high school, college, maybe, that's trying to start a business. What would, what would be that one advice you would give them? Oh, one. Shoot, they need more than one advice starting a business. I mean, entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. I tell people that all the time. I kind of feel like sometimes, you know, people make entrepreneurship cute or your boss or it's sexy but I mean it's hard work you know it's I mean you have bosses even mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur because you have your clients and you have people that are telling you what they need what to do how they need it um I think the key to entrepreneurship is to really figure out if it's your purpose and if it's mm-hmm. your passion mm-hmm. if it's not either one of those then you, you don't need to do maybe that particular field of entrepreneurship or whatever type of business it is that you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. But you really have to have a purpose and passion for it. 
Right. Not just say, you know, I'm going to open this up and be an entrepreneur just to be it. Because then it's not going to be successful. Because you have to work that business, whatever it may be. Because you own the company right now. Um, I, had, I had trouble pronouncing this word earlier. But alt. Oat behavior. Oh, I was. Yep. Oat behavior. You know what I mean, though. Yes. So you own that? Yes. So how's that business going right now? It's been great. You know, I've had some wonderful clients. I've worked with uh, My Black is Beautiful, um, P&G. I've done things with uh, Cadillac. I've done things with Tampax. I've done things with Big Boy. I've done stuff with Coca-Cola. Um, the City of Atlanta. I did the Sprite Stuff Off Challenge. So did it all, huh? Yeah. Like, over, over 60 HBCU grads. Throughout the year, right? Like yeah. Every year? Yeah. I hire my HBCU graduate what students. What schools have you been getting most of the time? A lot. A lot of them? Yeah. I mean, we've had people from Texas Southern. Okay. I mean, of course, Clark Atlanta. I mean, come on. Morehouse, Spelman, um, Southern, Xavier. How you hire them? Like, how Morgan you, State. How all kind of people. How the process go? Like, do you choose? How does it? How's the process? You know, the crazy part is a lot of times people reach out to myself or Latoria from um, HBCUs. I mean, they'll, you know, reach out to me just asking, hey, you know, what do you have coming up? What events do you have coming up? Or they'll reach out to Latoria also. And mm-hmm. honestly, we interview them, we talk to them, and we go from there. I mean, it just, um, you know, really it's people networking. Right. Yeah, networking is very important. Or someone knows someone or someone has worked with us in the past, and they're like, oh, I have... My homegirl and my friend that would also like to work, and, like, it just, it really just happens. So cool. I really like to concentrate on my, my people that graduated or attended an HBCU. And I've been doing that 11 years. So could, like, <laughs> other, could other ethnicities get inside this um company, too, as well? Yeah, they oh, can. Okay. Black and brown people. <laughs> Nobody else, huh? It's just strictly like... No, I mean, that's... I mean, I like to hire black and brown people. I mean, the stuff is called My Black is Beautiful. These are uh, activations for people of color. So we're activating events, and a lot of them are with people of color. What so I with, with black and brown? Yeah, black and brown. And, okay. and, I, and I love to hire my people. I, I can do that. It's my company. Mm-hmm. I, you know, enjoy my people. And it's every okay. Yeah, got you, got you. Absolutely. And I'm and back to pageant. Back when you was, you know, Miss Miss Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to show them off, show it off one time. So you're the director of Miss Clark Atlanta. University I did. Pageant. I did do the okay. Miss Clark Atlanta University pageant. Yeah. Yeah. How did that go? It was, was awesome. That? I mean, I trained uh, some great Miss Clark Atlanta Universities. Did I train how many? Oh yeah. I've, I've trained quite a few Miss Clark and Lynn universities and prepared them for uh, pageants. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I love my alma mater. I love my pageant girls. Um, yeah. That's the one thing I can Good say times. about Clark Atlanta. You know, I, that's it's a lot of beautiful women in Clark Atlanta University. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's, it's a lot. Brother could attach me. He he can he can vouch me on this one. That I never been to Clark Atlanta, but I just know I I, I have a social media. Okay. I see a lot of women that's from that went to Clark Atlanta that still go there now. Mhm. Mhm. And I'm like, sheesh, boy, I, I I would probably 
I, I don't know what I would do. I'm not gonna say what I would do out there in Clark Atlanta. You know, because Atlanta's a big. You wouldn't graduate now. No, I would have graduated. I would stay in my business. <laughs> you I'd be doing the same thing I'm doing right now. You wouldn't have graduated. I would have graduated easily. Okay. Easily. Okay. I would still be doing the same thing I'm doing now at Clark Atlanta. Okay. But yeah, because we have a great uh, radio TV film program at yeah. Clark Atlanta. So you would have been. I mean, yeah, you would have been in this environment. I'm a broadcast journalist, mate. So they if they big on that too. I'll take that. Number thirteen. You better tell them, Latoria. You want a mic? You want a, you want a mic? Okay. Latoria? You want a mic? You want to give them the history? Come on, give me the history. That's the program you know she graduated it? from. Broadcast journalism. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So yeah, I can, I can you can attach me on that one then because I mean, Clark Atlanta is cool because it's right next to uh, Spell, Spellman Morehouse. Morehouse. So like, how? It's like real. It's like next door. Like basically. close. Like right there. Walk across the street. <laughs> you on one campus. And the other campus. It's all right there together. I used to take classes at Morehouse. Okay. And Morris Brown. Might come to uh That's might come to homecoming. Clacking in the homecoming. Come come on and get your home come on. Hey. You will never be. You gotta go to you gotta go to Texas and homecoming too. To make I a deal on that? No. Really? What what is wrong? What do you got against TSU? I have nothing against T X S U. No, T S. T-S-U. T-X-S-U. To represent that Texas. Because that T-S-U is Tennessee State University. Man, look, man. Fuck You just want it to be something it's not. No. T-X-S-U. Fuck Tennessee State. They kiss my ass. Texas Southern is a real T-S-U. I'm sorry. I don't believe in that vulgar language that is used. I'm sorry. Everyone that's listening. Look. Look. They. Fuck. T-S-U. Tennessee State. Texas Southern's a real TSU. Okay. I have no problems with that. That's fine with me. But I'm glad that you came to the state. Well, I appreciate you having me. I'm glad you walked in with your presence. Thank you. Into the Real Do to Kill podcast. Yes. I'm I'm truly grateful and honored to have a Fear Factor finalist on my show. Yes. You ate them CQ coming like it was nothing. He sure did. With salt on it, too. You should add some cheese on there as well. <laughs> you didn't add no cheese? You couldn't add the cheese on the cucumbers? No, it was awful. You awful. wouldn't have wanted to add anything it. on it. I would have ate it. I promise you wouldn't have. Hey, real deal with a kill. We out.